I'm Krati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Goals podcast. I really hope everyone is taking care of themselves. It's been a stressful time for all of us with what is going on in the world, but hopefully things are going to calm down soon and we'll be able to find some peace and quiet in which to put our lives back together and recover from everything that has happened in the past couple of years. Julie Wynn is back with us today and we are talking about some sensitive subjects, including the ongoing crisis and the mental trauma it has caused, and how to really cope with it all and maintain a healthy mental and emotional space. I just want to warn you before we go any further that we will be uh, discussing a lot of sensitive subjects here uh, that may trigger you. So proceed with caution. And if you feel things getting a little too heavy for you, please stop listening to the episode and instead tune into something that can bring you back to a happier space. Now I let Julie say hi. Hi everyone. Thank you for coming back to the podcast today. So we have a heavier conversation. We'll be talking about what's happening in the geopolitical climate with Ukraine and Russia. Me and Karate, um, this is very near and dear to our hearts and because this is a heavier episode, I just want to say to anyone listening, please take care of yourself. Just drink some water, cocoon yourself in a really cozy blanket, eat something delicious and nutritious. Just make sure that you're taking care of yourself because I do think right now everyone is feeling the weight of not only has a pandemic been a disorienting time, now we have a war breaking out and one of the largest refugee crises since World War II. You're so right. It's a really stressful time. And I really hope that everyone is coping. And ever since this whole thing started, there has been so much uncertainty, which is, I think, what bothers me the most. Yeah. And that's what I keep hearing, like in uh, depression support groups. And I'm seeing on Cora also, people are asking, how are, how are we supposed to cope with this? There's so much so much is beyond our control that it's just freaking everyone out. So mm-hmm. I really hope that everyone is consciously doing things to take care of themselves. And that's why we're basically doing this episode. We just want to share whatever we can to help you cope. And you have to understand whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, you need to know that you're not alone. Everyone is feeling the pain of this, maybe not as keenly as the people in Ukraine, of course. Mm-hmm. But we're all a part of this. We are all we're all reeling from its impact, mm-hmm. battling with what, if not in the present like time, what it, it, it's doing to Russia and Ukraine, but what it could mean to their own country, mm-hmm. what it could potentially do to the rest of the world. And obviously the, the ever-present threat of a nuclear war, that's obviously like the biggest thing. Yeah. That's very well said. It's been wild to me that we've just dealt with so many once-in-a-lifetime events in our lifetime. Doesn't it just feel constant? Swear, yeah. Yeah. I think if someone were like to create a whole team dedicated to studying the just the sheer amount of trauma that has been created mm. in the past three years, it would boggle our minds. Mm-hmm. Just the, the things that have been happening one after the other, because it started with a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But since then, we have had so many deaths, first of all. So many people have left the world. So everyone has lost someone. 
And if they haven't lost a person, they've lost jobs, they've lost their income streams, they have lost sort of possibilities in life. The world narrowed down for all of us. It's still, it has still not bounced back from that first trauma. And since then, we've had so much shit go down. Like there have been so many other problems happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that threat is not over. And now we're dealing with this, the magnitude of which is something I, I frankly don't understand. I frankly don't know how wide this is going to go. Yeah. I feel like I barely understand anything here. Same, same. I am just drowning. I don't know how to make sense <laughs> of anything these days. I've been, yeah. when I first found out about Ukraine, I was crying all day and just, yeah. Yeah, doom scrolling, which is very unhealthy, but that I couldn't stop. I typically will just get my news from a few sources that I really trust. But when Ukraine happened, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to find out as much as I could about it. And just seeing all of the families, seeing all of the pain that was being inflicted, thinking about how it could echo across generations, just this one event pains me. And I do want to say that it's a It'll kind of be a political episode, but it's not political. Like we are not going to shove our beliefs to each other. We will just be talking about this in a very like measured way. We're more interested more so in talking about the ways that we can cope with this and ways that we can move forward healthily. And me and you, we both have our perspectives. Some might be different. Some might be similar. But what's important is that we're coming to each other with generosity and just a lot of appreciation and respect for where we stand. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this is this episode is supposed to be a resource, you know, something you can lean on something extra. Hopefully everyone has their own set of resources, have people in their lives that are supporting Mm -hmm. them. But for people who have been isolated during this period, and I know that has happened to a lot of people, especially I saw in the support groups, there are people who are living abroad, but their families are in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. They are all feeling that pain, like you and I probably couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, they are feeling very like cut off from their loved ones. They're feeling isolated and they don't know what to do. So people like that, I think, need a little extra help. And hopefully this episode can give you mm-hmm. that. That's that's all the that's our only aim here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was your immediate reaction when you found out about it? How did you find out about it? Because I think for those of us who are not familiar with the dynamics between Russia and Ukraine, this must have come as a complete shock. Well, I heard stirrings about Russia potentially invading Ukraine, but I had been off the grid for a while. So as you know, I lived in New York for eight years. And although I recently moved out last summer, I still consider it my home. I have my community there, I have my friends there, but I was also really scared the last few months that I was living there. There was a lot of discrimination and hate crimes happening to the Asian American community, and it's been slowly reaching a crescendo with the senseless and tragic murders of Michelle Goh and most recently Christina Yuna Lee in February. So my friends have been affected by it, and reading these news stories shook me up to the point that I purposely stayed away from the news until my best friend called me crying about Ukraine. And then he sent me a bunch of articles to like make sure that I was staying in the know. And that's when I began spiraling. And yeah, just kind of been in a little bit of a downward spin since then. What about you? I am very, very careful about my content consumption because I I have anxiety. I am always sort of making sure that my defenses are up. So I make sure that I'm not consuming anything that could... I feel bad about it because I think we have sort no, of normalized. Dude, it's like self-preservation almost, right? 
Yes, it is in a way, but at the same time, I feel the need to be a part of everyone's pain. But then I always think about how is that going to help anyone? Right. How is this helping? Mm -hmm. But then you feel like you should at least show up, even if it is in your own bedroom, in your own home, on a different continent, you should at least be present, like be sort of aware of the pain that everyone else is feeling and allow that access to your life. But I I don't know how that serves anyone. So then I'm very careful about the content I consume. So my mom was telling me that, oh, there is this, all the talks going on and, you know, Russia is saying they're going to like, because it started with NATO, right? It started Mm -hmm. with Russia not wanting Ukraine to join NATO. And I instantly, like, when she told me that, I knew, I understood why. Then there was the whole thing about how America stirred up trouble. And I get pissed at America a lot because America is problematic. Yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, the things that, I think it's also because all the things that have been happening in the last few years, you're just constantly on edge anytime America gets involved. And the things that, especially after what happened in Afghanistan. So again, America got involved in this. And that sort of, pissed me off and I was like what is happening now (laughs) that was the point I was like tell me more Mm. because usually I would just walk away I would be like okay because when she said there's a threat of a nuclear war happening and I'm like that's crazy that's never going to happen nobody would risk that who would even survive in in an event like that okay so I said that and but then she told me America got involved like okay tell me more now (laughs) and so we understood like the the whole matter that was that we we understood the matter, but at the same time, none of us really, uh, like all of us in the room at the time, we were all of the this common opinion that there's not going to be a war. They're not going to do that. That's crazy. They're going to come to some sort of agreement and there's going to be like, they're going to, something or someone is going to help them avert this war. This is not going to happen. But then it did. And I think I just was in a state of disbelief. I couldn't believe that this shit is going down now. Mm-hmm. Because to me, I'm very aware of the fact that we have, we're not done with the pandemic yet. We're not done recovering from that yet. 100%, yeah. Why are we creating more chaos? Mm. And there's like, I'm so pissed at so many people right now. And at the same time, I keep wondering, how much do I even know here? Like we have these discussions at our dining table when we are eating or a friend calls up and we talk about it. And of course, there's this furious back and forth going on in the WhatsApp groups and the Facebook groups. And I'm like, how much do we even know? How much? Because there's constantly that one piece of news comes out and then somebody says, oh, that's bogus. And then you're like, what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. What is going on with the Ukrainians? Are they even okay? Yeah. But I'm still like, there's a part of me that's still in disbelief about what's happening. That's that's how I found out about it. And Mm -hmm. Since then, it's been about processing every new shit that develops every, new, you know, other day. Like every morning when you get up and you're like, did it stop? Is it over? Yeah. And yeah. 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 Your criticisms my, about... My thoughts are very... I am glad that you're on your soapbox. <laughs> your criticisms about America as an American are well-founded. And I don't want to get too critical or too specific about my failings of what I think the government has done. But yeah, like I I have very little faith in the Biden administration. It scares me how they've handled the pandemic response. I believe in masking. It's a pandemic. So why don't we have universal health care? Or, you know, if Black Lives Matter, okay, let's defund the police and reallocate the funds to like social services for them not to be able to do those few very basic things 
makes me legitimately concerned about how they will handle such a delicate manner. And what just pains me the most is that Ukraine will suffer from this. Yeah. The most. America's involvement is... <laughs> I know. It scares, it scares I, the shit I, out of me, too. My whole problem is this is ultimately it affects the people. Like yeah. People who don't get to make the decisions, people who don't even get to have a voice in decisions of this, like, this level, they are the ones who have to take the hit at the end mm-hmm. of the day, mm-hmm. right? And that's what bothers me. Like, there is such little control, and that's what creates this atmosphere of resentment and uncertainty and this is what leads to all the like the, the crimes that happen during this period like there is so much built-up resentment in people that they want to hit out in whatever way they can against the the authorities that are sort of forcing them into these situations mm-hmm. it's understandable but it just and i also feel like that to some extent we have all the entire world has become sort of there is definitely a lack of sensitivity to pain and to trauma and to violence now to me, like now, I feel like we have all desensitized ourselves to oh, completely. all of this thing that go on in the world. And I think that also impacts the kind of decisions we make. Mm, mm. And there is another concern. I um, Okay, so Bill Perry, um, I'm going to share this video because I, I really liked like the last opinion this guy shared on nuclear weapons. Because he travels around the world educating people. He's very old now. He should be on a golf course enjoying his life. But instead, he's so concerned about the whole thing. He travels the world educating people on the subject. And this video must be like two, three years old. So he, in the end, towards the end of the video, he shared this opinion that people, that the, the leaders who are making these decisions regarding nuclear weapons, regarding testing them, regarding like ultimately they decide to do something about it. These people don't understand enough about nuclear weapons. They don't actually have the education to be making these decisions. They don't have enough knowledge. And most importantly, they don't understand the ramifications of a nuclear war. Mm -hmm. They don't, not just, like they may understand what it would do to the enemy territory, but they don't actually understand what it would do to their own country. Mm -hmm. And to me, it made such perfect sense that yes, because he's like, that's what I wish these leaders, someone would sit them down and would educate them on this because they clearly don't understand running around making threats like this. This doesn't make any sense, which is what my stand is on the topic. Like it doesn't make any sense for anyone to be making a threat like this. This is not going to hurt country X or country Y. This is going to hurt everyone, every country. Yeah. It's like there has a massive environmental impact. Why are people even making these threats? And when you make a threat like that and it's in the news, everyone gets impacted by it. Everyone feels the fear. I felt the fear when it started to become a, like it's become a reality when they said that Russia has apparently put their, like the weapons on alert. Is that like, that's, that was the news, but he's, since he's denied Mm -hmm. it, he said that I've not done it. Who knows? That's the thing too. Like when we're getting updates on the news, we have no idea. What's true and what's not. That's the one thing that I've absolutely, that has corrupted my sense of trust and authority into the news. We don't know who's saying what. Everything is a soundbite from another article, from another source, from what they want to tell the public messaging. So it makes it very hard for me to trust what anyone is saying. Yeah. The pandemic response was a really, it was very telling how politicians viewed people it was dehumanizing. We are just a number to them. It's back to business for them. It's furthering whatever agenda that they have for themselves individually and their 
disgusting hunt for power it's it's been very very overwhelming i was really politically involved in the news up until like 2016 2020 like the political elections and then when i started seeing all of the misinformation out there and how people would attack each other and not listen to each other and respect each other's opinions, it made it really hard for me to want to stay so present to what was happening. Because like you said, there's so much doom and gloom. And it's like, how much do you absorb? How much do you take on knowing that you're one person? And your vote doesn't really count most of the time. Like so many things that you do, it does feel like a tiny drop in a bucket that doesn't really go anywhere meaningful. That's the hardest thing for me. Yeah, And that's been my relationship to the news. Like my mom is extremely politically um, engaged. I do think it's because she's a refugee and her parents are refugees. They've been affected by the war. They're from Vietnam. Because of that, she has a really special relationship to the news and being really critical about it as well. And she's the one that's been telling me about Ukraine and updating me about it. But I think that my mom just kind of lives in that hypervigilance almost. Like she likes, I don't want to say like, she just, her adrenaline levels are just constantly always maxed yeah. out. So for her yeah. consumption of news doesn't affect her as much as it would affect me. Like when I would hear about something, it would legitimately ruin my day. Like it would make it hard for yeah, me to do yeah. work. It would make it hard for me to answer back text messages. It would make it hard for me to want to dream or take care of myself. But my mom is, you know, able to just sit and absorb it and be on her computer and talk to me about it and not have it um, mentally strain her as much as it strains me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's like yeah. an ongoing argument in our home where I'm constantly telling my parents to turn it off, turn off the TV, turn off the Oh news. my gosh, it's always blaring. Yes, right? especially, yeah. I don't know what the debates are like in America, but when there are debates on the Hindi news channel, and there are like four yeah. or five like political representatives, you know, people representing their own parties, and they are part of yeah. that debate. It's insane. Nobody's listening to anyone. They're just yelling yeah. at each other oh my gosh and I'm like, yeah to me that doesn't make any sense that's not even news to me i would consume absolutely news, i would i would read the headlines and that's it and then of course if, i get like, it like this russia ukraine conflict you obviously reading the headlines is not enough you want to get your opinions from people as i said like i always wonder how much do i even know and then again what i do know do i even completely understand it there is so much that yeah. I feel like because, yeah, because I'm not as up to date on politics. This is not like my area of focus. I wonder like if there are things that I'm missing, if there are like if there is a meeting going on, what what could this meeting potentially alter in this dynamic? Like there are certain mm. meetings that have a lot of sway. There are certain people ha who have a lot of sway. And I want to know who these people are and how are they. Then you want to read more. You want articles from then you need to have like your sources. You need to know who you can trust or at least p yeah. publications that have sort of that give news without the drama you know that give you the yes the sort of summary that you need or not even if even if it is a comprehensive article that is it hasn't been emotionally dramatized to have the maximum mm -hmm. impact i think that's that's mm -hmm. what i mean here that's i think that that's something we all need because i don't like news channels i don't like how tv news does it to me, it's just... I don't like mainstream news. Yeah. Like, all of the journalists I follow are leftists. They're progressive, and they've kind of broken away from mainstream news, yeah. and they're doing something in an independent journal or an independent magazine. 
those are the people that I follow. But even then, it's tough to read unfiltered takes like that. And yeah, yeah, it's it's really overwhelming. Like even now, as I'm staying updated on Ukraine and Russia, I have to offset it. Like if I read a news article, I will have to watch like an animal rescue video immediately afterwards just to like calm myself down and not stay locked in a spiral because I, I genuinely and truly, I can't understand what Ukrainians are going through, but as the daughter of refugees, I have like, I'm, I'm lucky to be in America. I'm lucky that my parents were able to come here, but I have like a very special grief of not, having the opportunity to like have the life I was meant to have growing up in Vietnam and having my family around me and like living up in our ancestral home all of my family is scattered around Asia and the states and we've all gone through a lot of strife to get to those places and to escape communism yeah so when I feel I feel that grief for myself and then I think about Ukrainians that are just fleeing and trying to find a place to land that's what kills me the most and that's what I wish the news focused on outside of the power plays that these men are making can we please focus on these families and these mothers and children and fathers who have to like defend their country yeah I want the focus to be on that and I wish that the news showcased those stories instead of it being inaccessible or them trying to argue a certain opinion over the other and just trying to like it's like a dick measuring contest on the news <laughs> yeah doesn't yeah, it feel people. that way yes yeah absolutely yeah. it's it's yes it's like you want to grab hold of these men and you want to ask them are you even thinking about your people exactly supposed to be where's the empathy in this this is my problem with the whole setup not just in my country not just in america in every country the people who are supposed to lead us how much do they even understand about being a regular citizen like because by the time you get to that level of leadership you've been in politics for so long you've had Mm -hmm. power for so long by the time you actually become a prime minister or president You've forgotten what it's like to be a regular citizen and have that sense of helplessness where the things that are happening to you are not of your own making and Mm -hmm. you have no, no fucking way of influencing it. Like no way at all. Nothing's Mm -hmm. in your, all of this fight is about control, right? It is about control. control. Why is. is nobody thinking about the people and them not having any sense of control over their life? What is that doing to their mental health? That really bugs me. Like, ultimately, we can, you know, have our goals and and we can do whatever we want. We can hustle and we can grind and we can chase them for all we like. But a little decision from someone who has never felt our pain, who has no idea who we are as an individual, our dreams Mm -hmm. and hopes can completely derail everything that we've been trying to build. And to me, that, that really bothers me. Like the, mm-hmm. the, I think the first conversation, the first time we did an episode like this, I shared with you how I am very conscious about focusing on things I can control and just like constantly directing my focus. But when something like this happened, like it's yeah, like for speaking, um, you know, to the people of Ukraine, how can you even advise that to them? Like just focus on things you can control. Exactly. How, how are you ever going to be able to maintain that sense of focus? when you are going through a situation like that is mm-hmm. yeah I, I just 
there are no words you unless you're in the situation yourself you really cannot begin to comprehend the chaos and the confusion that they must be feeling exactly the exactly. fear especially i wish that news stories focused on that i don't see enough of it i see everything feels detached it feels distant it kind of seems like a like it's distant enough that if someone is consuming the news if they don't want to get involved with the Ukraine Russian just understanding what that conversation even is they don't have to they can back away from it it doesn't affect yeah. them they can just kind of go about their daily lives that's what kills me i wish there was like this universal coming together of being like what's happening in ukraine and extending it further what what's happening in palestine what's happening in somalia with america bombing them all of these things are not okay it is so systematic and ukraine is just another thing yeah that is occurring and it just happens to also have this amazingly terrifying threat of a nuclear war that's why people are paying attention but i wish that there was more of an engagement with the news i do think it's very purposeful the way that they speak about it it's divisive and it's meant not to really inspire conversations about how can we come together as humanity it's meant to pit us against each other and it's meant for yeah. us to have our opinions and like our opinion is better than your opinion you don't know enough i know enough it's like all of that stuff is bullshit people should just have like good faith in each other yeah and yeah i think politically just like think about ways to further humanity along ukraine involved instead of what it is now because it has become really convoluted and it's really tough to find trusted news sources that are talking about it in a very thoughtful way sometimes it's like we're mongering i think like the news that we're getting from certain sites that i can't yes. it just completely disgusts me yeah like screw yeah. what anybody knows screw what your opinion is let can we all just agree on some certain basic facts like human life is sacred can we exactly. all agree to the fact that the other person is allowed to have their opinion because if they're not allowed to do that you could be living in a democracy exactly if the bullies in your life are making it impossible for you to speak your mind then it doesn't fucking matter that you live in a democracy you're not mm -hmm. allowed to speak your mind you're violating their basic sense of freedom and that's mm -hmm. really not okay to do this is not exactly an involved concept but when it comes to periods like this like a conflict like these sensitive periods when we need such sensitivity the most that's when it's most lacking mm -hmm. did i make sense because it does make sense it does make sense i'm from like so from a coach's perspective like how do you think people can manage this anxiety the anxiety that you and me both share on top of everything happening in their life this is a genuine question for me too like i'm very curious to see how you handle it because i don't think i'm doing the best at it i would say um and just maybe feeling guilt for maybe enjoying our lives or going about our day while someone else is in distress like how do we deal with that helplessness i think what helps me is making sure that you maintain a routine of some sort because if we get sucked into discussions on this subject like we just did we want to make this about helping people but we have so much pent-up anger that we can't help but express yeah. that when we get the opportunity with someone we trust and with a secure platform we can't help but speak our minds and really let that anger out so i think it is important that you have like every morning you set some goals for yourself 
goals mm. and make make sure that you understand the priority of those goals and you have some sort of routine go to bed at the same time wake up at the same time eat your uh breakfast lunch and dinner at the same time and eat them with the people that you care about and make sure that you are checking in with each other and not just talking about the war all the time talking about other things that are going on in your life that are going on in their life so i think maintaining a routine is very important having some very like intentional goals that you are emotionally invested in every single day that's very important and i think you need to like also have activities that just that make you happy you need as much time as we are investing in making sure that we are staying current on what is going on finding ways to help the people who have been impacted by it we also need to take care of ourselves so have something to do that just makes you like takes you out of your i i want to say takes you out of your body takes you out of that chaotic mental space and just allows you to enter like a sort of a cleaner embrace a cleaner energy happier energy and just allows you to sort mm. of completely get pulled out of that that corrupt state of mind and just go and do something that's all about you that's all about something happy something relaxing that's also engaging and again the number one thing was making sure that you're not consuming news from like every source possible do it from people yeah, be picky. who yeah, no nonsense about it who give you the information that you need but they don't try to like hit you with it they're not emotionally dramatizing the whole situation for you don't like yeah. people who make a drama out of it don't do that first of all it's tacky and unnecessary so yeah have your sources and stick to them and just like limit the time you're spending on it i'm not addressing the ukraine anybody who's living in ukraine anybody who's been affected by it because i honestly don't know what to say to them i don't know what could yeah. possibly help them so anything i say just to me at least it feels patronizing and to feel feels yeah. insensitive so i'm not even going to try but to the rest of us look we need to do what we can to help we also need to take care of ourselves So yeah this is how I'm doing it this is how I'm taking care of myself making sure that I have goals every day to hit be they professional or personal goals taking care of other people in my life and you know constantly mm. yelling at my mom to you know get off the <laughs> stop <laughs> like turn off the TV and just do something fun I will literally yeah. close my mom's computer when I walk yes. by her yes. I'm like stop I started yeah. <laughs> doing yoga during this period I like joined a yoga program because i was struggling with my exercise but this crisis gave me the incentive to like get on it right now because that's like the one thing that nothing calms me down better than a focused hour of exercise so that's another thing that i would recommend what about you anything that mm. that has helped you i know you're struggling i think more than i am but right i think i'm expressing a different type of like i'm allowing myself to fall apart like personally i've been in bed more yeah. like you know that i'm really big into working out and being outside and active not really i've been just doing what i can watching a lot of movies kind of indulging in guilty pleasures i've been eating a lot of oreo mcflurries which is not some i don't even like sweets like <laughs> this is just something i've started to do because this has been my my body's response to it like how can i just do something immediate that gives me some type of gratification when i feel so sad inside yeah. um and yeah like reading the news from the sources i trust crying about it when i need to and yes. being okay with not always maintaining the sunniest disposition about this 
during this time and allowing my goals to not fall by the wayside, but to take my time during this moment because it is really emotionally intense, especially um, my mom was really triggered because the first 15 years of her life, she would like sleep in bunkers um, during the Vietnam War. So to her, she's really afflicted by what's happening in Ukraine and seeing the refugee crisis in real time, just like what happened in Afghanistan last year, it was really affecting for my entire family. But surprisingly from a work front, I'm doing better than I've ever been doing. Like I have, I onboarded a few really good clients. I'm editing more. I'm writing a lot more poetry. I'm writing personal pieces, but it's still offset by this grief that I feel in the news. And I would say that the last few months I've been doing a really good job of detaching myself from the news because I am pissed about Biden. I think he's not a good president. I think he's been fulfilling bare minimum promises. And it's not like I, I, I think Democrats and Republicans are very similar in how much they further the wealth at the expense of the poor. Yeah. And I haven't seen Biden do anything that contradicts that, which makes me have very little faith in the political system. I hate how COVID has been so ableist and how we are treating the immunocompromised population and the disabled population as just, you know, a casualty because people want to get back to normal. And now everything happening in Ukraine and Russia, everything happening with the Asian crimes um, in New York, it's just, I, I do feel like my sense of self is not as sturdy as it typically is because there's just so much happening and I'm okay with releasing a lot of my goals right now as I kind of just like feel everything and I'm kind of back to reading the news which I wasn't really doing before because of how much it was like affecting me so yeah but yeah it's funny how I'm doing better work wise right because it's just like how am I like how am I like when if I'm in meetings I can turn it on but after the meeting is over I'm like now can I fold back into myself and can I just like be really quiet and yeah yeah, yeah that's kind of how I've been doing it. That's very understandable because this is not a little thing what we're going through this is a very like an imminent threat that's hanging over you all the time you don't know the sort all of boundaries time. it's going to cross and it's going to leak into the rest of Europe and if it's gonna you know come to your door as well you really don't know how this is gonna go because these people the way they're acting they're like this seems so unpredictable. It's unpredictable. I have no, I, I think tomorrow something new could totally happen that would be outside of our imagination yes. because that's what the last few years has been like. Like every day I wake up and there's some event that seems outlandish, dystopian, fiction, and it's happening, happening to us as we speak. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I appreciate the point that you made, like the very first point about if you want to cry, you do. And that's very, very important to remember. If you repress it, it's only going to grow. It's going to grow and it's going to get Mm -hmm. stronger in intensity till you burst with it. You know, you have a breakdown. So don't don't let that happen to yourself because it's when you do that, when you break down, it's very difficult to reel things back in. So you might as well, as Mm -hmm. and when you feel that hit of emotion, you make the time to just let those emotions breathe for a little while. If it means getting angry and throwing things, fine do that just make sure you're not throwing them at anyone don't like don't do that don't hurt yourself (laughs) or someone else 
<laughs> but completely, yeah, completely. but like in a non-violent, non-destructive way, if you can let out your anger, do that. You want to cry, do that. You want to just sit and have like a 60 minute long discussion on the topic and get everything off your chest. Do that. Exercise your emotions, let them breathe, make space and time for them. But at the same time, don't wallow in them. Don't sit with them all the time. Don't spend all your day yeah, exactly yeah, simmering with anger or yeah, wallowing in sadness. That's something I've been thinking about too. Like the first few days of the Ukraine-Russia conflict, I was really deep into the news and I had to once again redefine my relationship to it. Like what do I read about? Okay, I'm only going to be on because I follow a lot of the journalists that I really respect on Twitter. I will make sure that I only go on Twitter for like an hour each day and I'm doing it while I'm relaxing in some way. Like maybe I'm doing yoga and I'll just like be on Twitter and just read about it. And if it becomes too much, I will flip onto something else. And it's not because I don't care. It's because I have to take care of myself and I can't be consumed by despair constantly. It does nothing for me as a person. So the active ways that I do try to counteract that because I do feel guilt. I feel immense guilt for trying to continue with my day, knowing that so many people are suffering that I do rely on things like prayer or just really positive thinking about how I can send my thoughts and love energetically to them. That's how I try to shift some type of like perspective about my contributions to it because being you know, in the know about the news, it is good to some extent if you want to converse with people. But if you already have mental health issues, like I do, I have a lot of like problems of anxiety, it will only allow me to spiral. So then I should lean on other things that can kind of like expel the energy from me in a positive, constructive way. So I can move on with my day and I'm able to do both things at once, live my life and still have a lot of love, empathy, and some mental real estate dedicated to what's happening in Ukraine, and just really hoping that everyone there is safe and that this ends as soon as possible. Yeah, but you know what really sort of makes me sad are the children who are asking questions about it. Like you mentioned how your mom is impacted about it because she lived through a very similar situation, something you and I were lucky enough to never, you know, have been a victim to. So it is triggering for her. And now there are these little kids who are watching these things. I can't even imagine about the, like, I, I have to stop myself from thinking about the children in Ukraine and how they're coping with it because they probably don't entirely understand what they're facing and yet no. they're a part of it. But to me, like, I'm very concerned about how parents are explaining this to their kids. I, I appreciate what the coaches are doing on Instagram. Uh, therapists are doing helping people have this conversation with their kids but to me it's like you are you can explain it in whatever way you cannot help but take out this element that there is this ongoing threat and mm-hmm. we have no control because that's I think that's what children need children always want to know what they can do like they want to they're very action oriented kids are action oriented. Yeah. that's how I remember myself being like what can I do to change my situation but even the adults don't have an answer to that, which is going to add to their confusion. And I really worry about that because I know 
you are very concerned about the you know intergenerational impact and that's a topic that you want wanted to take up and i just have no answers here because like your mom is re-traumatized because of what's going on what happened with afghanistan and what's happening with ukraine and mm-hmm. the kids are gonna now the children who are facing this are gonna grow up with this constant distrust of authority people who are holding yeah. their lives in the palm of their hands and to live with a fear like that to live with that lack of control how does one even manage that that's an extremely good question because that's something that i've been reckoning with like i considered myself an american an asian american for a very long time and it wasn't until the last like five years was when i was i really understood i am but i have lost a lot to be an american i don't have a normal I didn't have a normal childhood. Like to my mom, surviving and having like food on the table was enough. It was never about like us having these like lofty, big creative dreams because her entire life was forged in suffering and I was removed from that. I, you know, I was born in America. I lived in um in several different coasts throughout my life and I just never understood why I always had this psychic melancholia for something. I was always searching for something and I never knew what it was. And it wasn't until I started reading a lot of literature about like, especially about the Vietnamese diaspora was when I realized that something was taken from me that I didn't even understand. And it was my home. It was my birthright. It was my ability to grow up in an environment that was homogenous, that was respected and accepted and safe and I didn't have to worry about the threat of war. I didn't have to worry about my family and like all of the pain that they had to go through to get to America to migrate somewhere else because their homeland was causing so much political distress to them. I had no idea that that was what my parents were dealing with and that's the environment I grew up in. So I think about the intergenerational impact of all of these kids and it's I have no idea. There was already a mental health crisis with the pandemic. All of these children being at home, not really getting the face-to-face interactions that they need to have like this thriving ability to like interact with people socially, right? Now with this war compounded on that, there was also an article that came out that said that there was one hospital in Ukraine that had this huge spike in a lot of pregnancies being induced because the mothers are stressed. What happens in the womb, like if you think about epigenetically, you the mother is transmitting her feelings, her hormones, yes, her yes. everything, her mood to their to the baby. And the baby is feeling it to be born during an airstrike or during a bombing. To be born as your mother is scared. That deeply changes you as an individual. It deeply changed me. It has completely irreversibly changed. The, I, I just don't think I have like, there's something about me that I just don't feel as normal as other people because of the specific way that I grew up as a person. So then I think about Ukraine and it's much more terrifying with nuclear war. And it, yeah, it, it really, really makes me sad. And I wish people were talking about the children Yeah, and it wasn't about these politicians and their conquest for power that feels very small and tiny compared to the families that will forever deal with this. Their community will forever be changed from this one event. Yeah. 
I wish I could support you like with as and when these feelings come up, but it feels like you live with this feeling constantly. And I don't know what that's like. I am, um, I grew up in my country and despite all my feelings about my government and the things that happened, the crime towards women, I still, I love my country. Mm-hmm. I'm always happy to come back home. I think that's what it's about. That feeling of home, knowing that this mm-hmm. is, yes. this is all yours and you are free to walk down the street and you are free to speak your mind and you're free to curse out your government if you need to. I think that's, (laughs) and and do it from like a very, like with the sense of ownership, because it's all yours. It belongs to you. This is your history. We like when, Mm -hmm. whenever we see like our politicians behaving in a disgraceful way, the first thing that comes to mind is this is what our ancestors have fought for. You are showing such disrespect here, and that's really not okay. It, it outrages us, and there is a sense of ownership to that outrage, because it's our mm. country. It belongs to us. I think that's what that's important. Like talking to you, it's made me realize not just today, but before also. When, whenever we have discussed this, it makes me realize how important that sense of belonging is. It's unbelievably important, and for people not to have that. Oof. It changes you. It really, and it gives you a heartbreak that you can't even locate. Yeah, That's the hard thing about it. It's you can't find it because it's your birthright. And for it to be taken from you and for you not to have that structure, it changes you as a person. It really does. So yeah, this refugee crisis, it's, I have been watching a lot of people like in Poland welcoming the Ukrainians and, you know, into their homes, into their spaces. That's been really beautiful to see that type of demonstration. I see Russians protesting for it, knowing that they're under a dictatorship, knowing the risks that they're taking. That's beautiful for me to see too. I just think from like a larger perspective, from a a macro perspective, humanity has a long way to go if this is how we are still treating people, if this is the trauma that we're still knowingly and unknowingly inflicting onto people. Like people need to understand, for the most part, I believe that society, our society everywhere is inherently flawed and it creates trauma in all of us because we... It's not looking out for us. It's not looking out for our well-being. It's creating systems that chafe against our natural way of being. And that is extremely painful for us individually. And I really do wish that there is more. Maybe that is something that will come out of this. There will be more of an importance placed on mental health, placed on trauma placed into okay how do we make sure that we are taking care of each other so things like this don't happen yeah but i i want to go back to like what we talked about um like you you talked about the the pain that you feel as and when you see like all of this refugee crisis i want to like tell my listeners this is i think this is something that i've become intimately aware of as after I've become friends with you, after I've, we have talked about it. This is something you've educated me on and I want to support you, but this has become even more apparent with what happened when there was all the crimes that were happening against the Asian community in America with the black Mm. lives. And it's become even more apparent with what's happening in Ukraine. We want to support our friends and the people we know through this. And here's something that if anybody's struggling with it, I struggle with it all the time. As you were talking, I wanted to reach through the screen and I want to hold your hand, but that's not an option that's available to us. So the next best thing is to ask questions 
so that you initiate conversation and so that if your friend is carrying around all that grief, all that pain, all that trauma, and just a sense of sort of being adrift, you can give, Mm. be an anchor for them for just like a space of a few minutes, maybe. That's the only thing you can do. Don't try to give them answers. Don't try to send them (laughs) articles for help. (laughs) Don't tell them what they should do. Don't do that. Just, just be there. This is something I know yeah. like in my depression support group, I saw a lot of people who were struggling because that support group is meant to help. But I, I, I found it very nice that all of them were like, do you want to talk? Like this woman broke down and she's like, my parents are in Ukraine. I'm abroad. They're too old to move. I, I don't know what to do. I'm so, so scared. And my anxiety is just getting out of control and she was just like it was such an emotional post and people were they were posting the comments and comments on that facebook post and people like do you want to talk here's my number dm me we can talk nobody's offering her you know do x y thing hey why don't you like journal and no they were like do you want to talk here so just do that guys if you know someone who is like having or even just having like a shitty time with their life situation just be there you don't always have to give exactly. them answers to their problems. Yeah. That's something I learned as well. Active listening, that type of generous, abundant space of I will just listen to you. I may misunderstand you. I may not say the perfect thing, but I want to sit with you as you're just processing it. That is more than enough. And that's something that I am coming to terms with as a person too, because I you know, as a coach, as a person that's worked in dating and relationships, as a person that people go to for advice, I get into a problem setting mode almost where I want to, when people tell me something, my instinct is how can I help them fix this? But I have realized as I've gotten older that I don't need anyone to fix anything. I just need to be, and I can just be present with them and hold them if they need it sit with them and just let them know that they're not alone and they can always come to me if they need it so that's a really good way of supporting someone that is directly and indirectly dealing with this fallout because it is very painful and it's not like I think for a lot of people like myself who are you know the children of refugees or have been affected by some refugee crisis from their family it it just brings up a lot of emotions that you might not even know that you've had yeah. almost. And then you just have to really make sure then that you have strong boundaries and that you're protecting yourself and that you're being there for your family, especially the family members that were more deeply involved in it, like with my mom. And I just kind of like, you know, yesterday we made like a dessert for like five hours. Like my mom is the kind of person she makes food that involves like a thousand steps. And I'm, like, I'm like, okay, you know what? This is actually a really good activity to do with her because it keeps her mind off of it. We get to talk about something else and we're connected to the present moment of we're inside of my kitchen of my childhood home. We're not, our mind isn't, you know, floating away to what's happening on the news. That's really, really important. So I I do think there's this fine balance to straddle. Yeah, I think you've said it perfectly that active listening is it. That's something we can all do. And ask questions. If you have questions, go ahead and ask them. Just make sure there is no judgment. Make sure there is no, you are not letting your emotions lead too much. 
because <laughs> I would always mm-hmm. make say make space for your emotions, but don't let judgment seep into it. And if you feel afraid, just make sure you're taking the emotion out. Just ask like objective questions and let them have the floor. Let them speak their mind. Feel better in whatever way they can. Be it in through anger, be it through sadness. Just let them be and make sure that you are there to support them. And exactly. you know the second point that you made about just how unkind the world has become like increasingly unkind mm-hmm. and this just this very pointed lack of sensitivity that we are seeing in everywhere really not just my country or yours everywhere i think i think i i don't know if this makes sense but i think this is an opportunity where like people who as we talked about how we are talking to our kids these days like how we are educating them on this topic this is a good time to sort of cultivate some empathy. I think this is a good mm. time to raise better humans. It's not easy. I'm I'm not a parent, so I don't pretend to understand uh, how complicated a conversation with a child can be, but I think when we firsthand we witness like we are actively living in a world where people are being treated so badly, I think you get to see the larger implications of that, the the ramifications of that and just how lives unravel and how quickly they unravel and even if it is secondhand you you get to feel their pain and i think mm-hmm. this allows us to teach our kids to be better human beings to always 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 think about the effect that your actions will have on the next person not just the people in your life but just people who share the same space as you absolutely and just always be very mm-hmm. conscious of that because so much of the shit that we deal with in our world wouldn't happen if people would just take that one that that pause to think about that how they're impacting everyone mm-hmm. how they're impacting the people who don't deserve what they're about to do to them so i think empathy is severely lacking compassion is severely lacking and we can if we can do something to raise better humans then we should definitely do that oh Hundred percent agreed. Agreed. I think kindness, empathy, compassion—that is, those are feelings I'm constantly cultivating and working on. Especially now, I don't want what's happening in the news to harden me or make me yeah. cynical in any way or pessimistic. Because I've been there. I've done that. I've been negative, and it never meaningfully did anything positive for me. It just made me harder it made me like yeah it didn't make me a good person or the person I wanted to be around people I want to be a person that like you know is bright or has that type of energy and during this time I mean I know that mindfulness that is kind of like a catch-all phase you know like phrase like some people are (laughs) they think it's bullshit during this time some people think it's pointless what do you think about it? Like, how do you think people should go about it during this? I think meditation is great. It is something that has helped me a lot. But when you have that level of anxiety, sometimes it can really focus and it can almost feel like an attack. It can focus mm-hmm. on that negativity and it can just look, there is already so much bombardment of negative news, negative emotions, negative, just people being so mean to each other all the time. And especially social media makes it impossible for us to escape that negativity. 
So then if you are meditating and instead of finding relief, if it's just bringing you to sharper focus, all of those thoughts and all of that negativity, it's going to destroy you. It's going to wreck your peace of mind, whatever little of it you may have. So no, right. I don't think meditation is the best thing to do. When I have high anxiety, I don't meditate. Meditation does yeah. not work. Exercise yeah. works. Yes. Because mm -hmm. then you are very like you, you kind of, if you're running, you kind of have to see where you're going and your focus is shifted. Meditation is mm -hmm. not, I would not, no, I would not recommend meditation. I have a slightly varying opinion about this because I do agree that meditation is, it can be problematic. I think how people view it now, it's very superficial. It's like, yeah, beautiful person sits in a room. It's beautiful. It's like nicely lit. You're on a pillow. It is, yeah. <laughs> there's a candle just blowing. Yeah. <laughs> there's like this new agey music that's just kind of like in the air. I think that type of meditation is very, like, it's kind of like consumer based self care. Yeah. Like, you yeah. have to look a certain way. You have to do things a certain way. You need a certain setup for it. Mindfulness. I believe the way that people need to view mindfulness is when you're just really participating in the current moment and you're yes. letting your thoughts just kind of float by like clouds almost and practicing stillness because I've, I've tried meditation in the traditional way where you like, you know, take the classes, you go to a private room that has never worked for me. But what has worked for me is if I'm like biking and I'm going yeah. down a hill. It's yeah. breathing and connecting to that moment and listening to the birds. Or if I'm reading a book, I'm completely committing the words to my memory. Or when I'm talking to you or like a friend, I am completely attuned to that person and listening to what they're saying deeply and then responding authentically. That to me is a really type of special mindfulness that people should get into because when I'm stressed, my brain... I don't know about you, but it can feel like it's overheating almost. Like yep, I yep. feel like it's just like running constantly and I all of my thoughts start to get super jumbled and they become really cyclical. And during that time, I will actually put a hand to my heart and I will talk to myself. I will say like, it's okay that you're feeling the way that you're feeling. Slow down. You're feeling this way because of X, Y, Z. And that's the way that I do regulate myself um yeah and kind of indulging in guilty pleasures outside of that you know like eating ice cream and really enjoying the taste of it or petting my cat and like enjoying how she feels under my hand and really focusing on that entirely helps a lot because i think the news it can be very fragmenting to you as an individual Absolutely, like you're yeah. in your room but all of a sudden your mind is now like a thousand miles away or whatever, like at whatever news story you're reading about. And then you feel this sense of like dissociation. So for me, that's how I return back to my body, like of just being present in the activity that I'm doing. Yeah. 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 So maybe like the first thing you can do is you can let out that emotion. You can talk to yourself, as Julie said, you can like put your hand on your heart or you could just maybe like bring your awareness back to your body and just talk to yourself. Talk yourself through whatever it is that you're feeling. Like I have imaginary friends I've shared before. I talk to them mm -hmm. when I'm feeling like there's this whole <laughs> violence of emotions that I know nobody else will be able to comprehend. That's what I do, which is exactly what you do. You talk to yourself. So do that. Let out your emotion. 
talk to yourself you know make like make sense of the chaos or try and make sense of the chaos that's going on in your head then maybe do something instead of meditation do something that requires a very deliberate shifting of focus to something else and once you have done that maybe you've sort of like worked your put your body through something different or just changed your energetic space altogether then maybe you can indulge in something just that something something that just makes you happy like petting your cat or like eating ice cream or just watching some I'm like petting horror. her right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's like a good process to follow if you can make it work or just pick mm-hmm. and choose whatever works for you but i think you we all need some ritual some very like deliberate practice in our daily life that allows us some relief because if you are gone if you're on that cycle where you get up in the morning and you consume all that negative content and then you are talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and then storing all of that energy inside yourself and then again carrying it back to bed and all you no. do apart from that is just mundane work that that doesn't even allow you to sort of change your energy in a conscious way. You're just carrying all of it around you. What do you think is going to happen eventually? You're going to make yourself sick. So don't mm-hmm. do that. You don't do Agreed. that, please. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I take appreciate care of yourself, everyone. You, yeah. The suggestions you make seem like easier to follow. It's a something. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it's just something I do to make myself feel better, but I, uh, yeah, it's it's just an interesting time. I would also recommend for people, if you don't have to use social media, delete it. Because yeah. I, I've talked to you about this. Like, I don't have a Facebook, thank God. I don't have an Instagram either, which has been powerful. It's been really helpful not to have so many different channels of all of these different opinions coming at you either. For some people, they need to have it for work, which I totally understand. But for me as a person that I like consume... I like read things very quickly um, and I consume things very quickly. So to me, having so many outlets is actually to my detriment versus to like the positive because I can engorge myself almost like I, you know, like, have you seen that um, Ghibli movie, the no name? I feel like I'm that person. Oh, it's like, (laughs) it's like this this person that goes around and just like eats everything. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send you a picture of it afterwards. It literally feels like me when I'm reading the news. I'm just like, yeah, like they eat like entire. Yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you afterwards and you'll see. (laughs) (laughs) But I get it. Like I only use Instagram and my Instagram, uh, what Instagram gives me is very controlled because I make sure that I'm, I only ever interact with a very particular kind of uh, content because for me, Instagram is how I connect with the people who may need, need me, who may need Mm -hmm. to, you know, need my content or may need to get in touch with me. So I get like a very particular type of content. Like just a few days back, I was just like on 1st March, I remember I was scrolling through the reels and all I was getting were dogs and babies. Amazing. (laughs) And I'm thinking I have, there are no reels on Women's History Month. What is happening? Like I wanted to see some reels on Women's History Month and I didn't get a single one. And I was like, dude, this is your area of expertise. (laughs) (laughs) dogs that's not bad if i got that content i would be like i'm doing something right with my internet (laughs) like i'm doing something right with what i'm searching for (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh no like that was i have like i do have an instagram for my cat and but it's all cat content like i go on it and i just (laughs) 
Yeah, I feel genuinely so happy when I'm on it because it's like I do it just to like update, you know, my family members who want to see me obsess over my cat. And then I will just like, <laughs> I, want to I, haven't, yeah, I haven't used it in an intense way since um, maybe like last year, but I have it like sometimes and it's just, yeah, like I like that content. I just, I want to surround myself with good news and then seek out the news that I, I need to seek out from a geopolitical standpoint and then be able to put it away when I need to put it away. I think there's like, um, I don't want to say like, you know, it's always good to kind of like have your life in buckets like that. But for this, you, you should, you can't you let it should. bleed you, into you, all of these areas of your you life. You have to, you have to, you, it cannot be helped. So what we are recommending here is that people be very careful about the content they're consuming, have only particular mm -hmm. sources that give them the news that they need to be aware right. of. And mm -hmm. they make sure that they're maintaining a routine during this time of crisis, especially during times of crisis when everything feels so heavy. Try and stick to your routines. Uh, try to do something that allows you to move your body, allows you to maintain your health, because that's the one first thing to go. That's the first thing we start to neglect is our body and our minds. And uh, another thing we can do is let, make sure that we are expressing our emotions, giving them the space they need. Second one was bringing your awareness back to your body and talking yourself through the chaos that you may be feeling. Then very deliberately shifting your focus onto something more positive, being mindful like that, and then indulging in something that just makes you happy, that brings some joy to your day. You can also just be an active listener and make sure you let your people know that you're there for them so that if someone is feeling just very bombarded and very helpless right now and very uncertain of the future, they can talk to you and try to focus on the things you can control. This is such a situation where so much is outside our control that getting frustrated about it, getting worked up about it is not really going to serve you. So why not instead focus on the things you can control? Create some good, maybe, if you feel compelled to do something positive, just create some good in your own life and in the lives of the people immediately around you, instead of, you know, getting sad and upset about the people that you are not in a position to help right now. Hopefully, the situation will not always be like this. Because also, I feel like the things that we do every day, the thoughts that we allow space to, they're constantly forming patterns in our brain. You're going to get into the habit of consuming negativity you're gonna get in the habit of you know almost being like addicted to uh, negative news to the news channels to all the like all of the tragedy in the world yes yeah so don't mm -hmm. do that you and you won't even know how far you can go with this thing and then it will be become very difficult for you to rein it in so just be very careful of how you're programming your brain every day what you're feeding your mind every day so yeah, before you get into that habit, make, be more conscious about the things that you're choosing to do during this period. For my final words, I will say it's okay that we all have different opinions about the world. That's life. That's fair. I would just say, let's all just respect different opinions and above all, respect each other with Ukraine, Palestine, Yemen, Somalia. There's so much pain happening in the world. So I think let's just be kind to each other and meet each other with as much empathy and care that we can. It doesn't have to personally affect you for your heart to go out to it. And I do think the world can change for the better. We can get on the same page about that and open our hearts. 
Yeah. And you can, yeah, as Julie said, you can have opposing views. You can have the, the other person could have a view that completely violates your fundamental beliefs. But having a belief and actually acting on it are two very different things. Not everybody feels the need to hurt people they don't want to support. They may not have beliefs or have ideas and opinions that may further their interests, but at the same time, they don't feel the need to get out of their home and actually hurt them. So just mm -hmm. try to remember that, maintain some objectivity about the whole thing. Just because someone has an opposing view does not make them a bad person. We believe a exactly. lot of things. So we actually are going to get violent about it or do some damage to another community. Not everybody's going to do that. I mean, it's hard. Like I'm living in Indiana right now and it's a red state. A lot of the people here are Trump supporters, but they're also really kind to me when I bike down my trail and they'll say, hi, I, they're my neighbors. There are people that I grew up with and went to high school with. Yeah, There's humanity in people that you don't agree with. And when people are seen as caricatures and they're seen as irredeemable or completely outside of your scope of understanding, it creates even more distance that is unnecessary to where we're at right now. I'm just really afraid for society if this is the direction that we're going to continue to go down, where we continue to pit people against people. And we kind of have like a, well, a very well-defended positions of how we view the world and the other person has to see our side. That's not the case. It can be dialectical. Two things can be true at the exact same time. But let's lead with love, everybody. I think that would yeah. be a, a good place to, a better place to live in. Yes, absolutely. Let's be kind to each other. Let's take care of each other in whatever way we can. And if we have yeah. nothing kind to say, nothing kind to do, let's just leave that space. Just stop. That's, yeah, just, yeah, just walk away. You don't away. have to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Just take care of yourselves and do whatever you need to do to feel better during this period. Do whatever you need to do to help the other person. And if things get really, really hard for you, please ask for help. Don't go through it alone. Reach out to your friends and your family. Just They might not understand it, but you don't need them to understand it. Yeah. You just need to be with someone. Yeah. That's more than enough. Yeah. So just be kind. Be compassionate to yourself and just take care. I will be back next week with another episode.